Hey guys, it's Jonathan Super again. Imagine that. You're on. Uh, <laughs> you're watching. You already know who it is. I don't even know why I have to say that, but it's me again, Margaret. Uh, we are here today uh, in studio, just kind of continuing some things I've been talking about, but uh, kind of bringing it down into balance. Um, a couple of months ago, I just in prayer, because it, those of you that know me and most of you watching this from the same river, um, I was raised uh, Pentecostal as, as far as denomination, um, probably more denomination than experience, but I was raised Pentecostal. And then uh, my entire life has been more from a Pentecostal, charismatic, what we call spirit filled, um, uh, or some people call it even old time Pentecostal. Um, which that only that old time started in like the forties and fifties, but, but you know, that, you know what people mean when they say that. So I come from that background and there are plethora of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, but I do know of hundreds of different groups, denominations that fit in that, um, that branch in all different sides. So there's huge ones and then there's small ones. I get that, but I come from that background. And then, um, the last 20 years or so being able to fellowship and what we call co-mingle and cross-pollinate, uh, as Bishop used to tell us is I've realized there's such a huge part of the body of Christ, the, the spirit filled experience, the power of the baptism of the Holy spirit, the baptism of the Holy ghost, um, the, the, the faith walk going from accepting by faith, the indwelling of the Holy ghost, and then being baptized the filling, or I call it the fire baptism of the Holy ghost. And I, I believe that with everything in me and have seen thousands, if not tens of thousands baptized in the Holy Ghost. Uh, but coming from that perspective, I've always been raised and around more the concept of Christ in me. Um, and I really want to talk about the distinction between Christ in me or Christ in us. Um, I, I love what uh Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then we go back pre-Acts in his teaching about the comforter and the spirit of truth and all of that. So all of you listening from that background, you understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Christ in us, the hope of glory, the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection power that will quicken our mortal bodies. And and, and those statements, when I say that, also another statement um, I, I just wrote down, 2 Corinthians. 13 15 uh do you not realize about yourselves that jesus christ is in you and that's coming from the perspective of the apostle paul who's the same guy in acts 19 that acts john's disciples have you received the holy ghost since you believed so so believing in itself is not receiving the encounter or the experience of the holy ghost we know that uh and i know that's a huge debate but we know that why would he have asked have you received the holy ghost since you believe um no well how were you baptized well we were baptized in john's baptism and that he started there. I call that the X-19 equation. We always just rewind because every man's been given a measure of faith. So we always rewind back to what's their measure of faith. So today, I just want to kind of lean in more, though, and, and we could teach, and I have taught years of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the offices of the Holy Spirit, the, the ascension gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, all, the fivefold, which is ascension gifts, all these different things I've taught so much. But I really want to get into today more than, not more than, but let's just look at the other side of the coin. 
we celebrate and understand. And I could sit here and tell you story after story, scripture after scripture, testimony after testimony, miracle after miracle of Christ in us. But today I want to talk a little bit and maybe stretch some of us that come from different backgrounds and stretch us into this assurance and this promise of being in Christ. Romans, Paul, again, Romans 13 and 12, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, nor strife and envy. But verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So how do I do it? Putting on, being in Christ. And then I think that's where you can go when same same apostle is writing in the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Well, he already said, put on Christ, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Then 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, new creature, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And what I've been teaching on in my live podcast, and 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 some of you watch that, you can get on uh, Facebook and scroll down. I archive those. But I've been teaching on this thing about the wrestling, the way we wrestle, because just because I tell people all the time, just because you're saved doesn't mean you've been delivered because the very word saved that we use, that Jesus used in the gospels, the Greek word saved, sozo, means was, am, will be. I was saved. I am saved by grace. I was saved by faith. I'm saved by grace. And I will be saved when I hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So salvation is a process, or I would say it is a journey. I think it was A.W. Tozer that said the, the miracle of conversion is instantaneous, but the making of a saint takes a lifetime. Wow. So let's just take a deep breath when I said that. So so salvation is instantaneous, but the making of a saint and what many of us don't seem to understand is God's not through with you yet. If he was through with you at your failure, your mistake, that sin, you would be dead and you would be in position for the judgment because it's appointed unto man first to die and then the judgment. That's the problem. If you're still breathing, God's not finished with you yet. So there's a space for grace. And that's what I want to deal with today. I want to talk to some of you that may have felt like you have done so much that that God's finished with you. He's through with you. No, we're going to talk about this being positioned in Christ. We're going to talk. And I hope this accepts somebody because it's huge. Um, let's go to Ephesians chapter one. All of these are Paul. So we can write these together. Ephesians one and seven in Christ. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. How in Christ? only in Christ. So if any man be in Christ, so how do I get in Christ? We'll talk about this maybe more, but maybe in another podcast, but Galatians three twenty seven. for as many as of you as were baptized into Christ. I love that part because you know how important I think water baptism in the name of the Lord is that for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So let's talk about that for a little bit. I don't want to bore you. I know sometimes we talk about tell stories and all this stuff today may be very biblical, but this is a time for that. There's a time for us just to understand and get into the things that are 
kind of prevalent where people are because see people coming from the spirit filled background, what I call pentocentric emotional background. I believe it with everything in me. The problem is we have to have the revelation of the word because as I started a while ago, there are people that struggle with the fact that I get, I am saved. I am filled. I am forgiven. I repent. I am converted. But just because I'm converted doesn't mean that my mind has been transformed. My mind is transformed. Matter of fact, scripture says that our spirit is renewed day by day. My mind is transformed by the word of God. We are washed by the renewing of the word of God. So if my mind is transformed, that means that my spirit can be regenerated. Say this with me. Regeneration simply means change. That's what the doctrine of regeneration is. So I was changed. I am being changed. And then in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, I will be changed. Does that make sense to anybody? That's the doctrine or the, the, the theology behind regeneration. But let's talk about these phrases, Christ in us and being in Christ. Because Christ in us simply refers to the belief that as believers, that his presence, when we've repented and been spirit baptized, his presence and spirit dwells with us. And this concept, it, it signifies the intimacy and, and the empowerment of God's power, love, guidance within us for as many as are led by the spirit. They are the sons of God. All these different things. Be filled, Ephesians, be filled with the spirit. We believe in that. But on the other hand, being in Christ refers to the believer's position and their status in relationship. I've been teaching a lot about the law of adoption lately. I've been teaching a lot about the adoption of sons because one thing that people might not like, I, I don't like the phrase, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, I was a sinner that was adopted and now I'm a son of God. Not only a son, but I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't celebrate the fact that I, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, I'm a son of God. That Paul, Now we are the sons of God. There's so much in that. So this means my position, my relationship. So basically, this little nutshell is this. Christ in us emphasized the indwelling presence of Christ or of Jesus within the individual believer while being in Christ highlights the believer's position and identification with Christ through faith. So let's get in the word of this. And I'm going to go through why this is such a big deal. It's been a big deal to me in my devotions back a couple of months ago. It just really become real to me. Okay, Lord, I thank you. I understand the promise and the hope and the presence of Christ in me. But I want to celebrate and find security in being in Christ. Old Testament. One of my favorite scriptures, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run there and, and are safe. There's something about being wrapped in the security of being in Christ. Second Timothy, Paul again, second Timothy one and nine, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus, actually through the person of Christ Jesus before the ages of again. So being in Christ is this stupendous reality. It's the, it's, it's almost breathtaking to realize that you've been united to Christ or as one theologian said, I wrote one time bound to Christ, that you're literally are bound to Christ. And the I don't think the old the old saints really understood the theology behind their singing, but there was an old song that used to sing that I'm wrapped, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Have you ever heard that song? Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. It makes me want to get my tambourine out. And and nowadays we laugh about it. Oh, that's an old-fashioned song. Man, there's so much theology to that. To be wrapped. What about the security of that? To be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. So let's talk about these in Christ 
issues today. Um, in Christ, you were given grace before the world was created. Again, for, uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 9, he gave us grace in Christ Jesus before the ages began. <laughs> before the ages began, he gave us grace in Christ Jesus. That's why I believe that you need to understand your predestined purpose. You need to understand who you are as a child of God. Because just as Jeremiah is told, before you knew, before you knew who you were, I knew who you were. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I called you to be a prophet. I believe that every one of us has a specific purpose, and I've taught on that through Destiny Finder, of a specific purpose, a specific calling. Not only were you given grace in Christ Jesus, you were chosen by God before creation. Ephesians 1.4, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you? There? That's why sin is such a big deal. That's why alienation and separation from God is such a big deal. That's why it broke the heart of God. That's why you find Jesus's submission to the cross is such a big deal because he was trying to deal. It was not a sin issue. It was a space issue. I've taught that over and over in the garden. God did not, Elohim did not say, what have you done? He said, where are you? And this whole reconciliation of, of God to man, this whole ministry of reconciliation is shown in this thing that we were in Christ before the foundation of the world. But this is the next ones is where we can just get personal where we live. In Christ Jesus, you are loved by God with an inseparable love. Romans 8, 38. I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us. Hold on, hold on a minute. Be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Make sure that you're in Christ. <laughs> That's why he could declare so boldly, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation because it's how I am. I'm literally hid in him. And because I'm hid in him, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. The only thing that's not mentioned in there, have you ever read, have you ever thought about this? The only thing that's not mentioned in this text in Romans 8, 38, 39 is your past because your past cannot separate you from the love of God, but it can cause you to be so shamed that you separate yourself. Does that make sense? It can cause you to feel so guilty, so dirty to hide. Go back again. Proof text in, in the garden. It can make you feel so shamed that you literally are hiding from the presence of God. Wow, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Let's keep going. In Christ Jesus, you were redeemed and forgiven for all your sins. It was in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1 and 7. In Christ, we have redemption. In Christ, through Christ, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Remember, if any man be in Christ, how? We have redemption through his blood. So if I'm in Christ, it means that I have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb and the forgiveness of our trespasses. Well, how do I put on Christ? By baptism. That's what Paul said in Galatians. Does that click when we're dealing with this? What about in Christ Jesus, you are justified before God. Now, this is this is the one that if you're dealing with shame, I know a lot of you aren't dealing with power issues. You have power. You walk with power. You cast out devils. You heal the sick. You walk with joy. But let's talk about those that struggle, that struggle feeling worthy. And none of us are worthy. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's why the blood of Jesus is so important. 
But those that struggle with this, you are justified before God and the righteousness of God in Christ is imputed to you. It's not yours. It was imputed to you. It is yours by law. It is yours by legal right. It is yours by inheritance. Second uh, Corinthians 521 for our sake, God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, <laughs> not in ourselves. So you're like, but pastor, you don't know what I did. It really doesn't matter what you did because your righteousness does not come from what you're doing. Your righteousness comes from being in Christ for our sake. God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah to God. Okay. Enemy. Okay. Hell. Okay. Every lying demon. You need to understand that my righteousness didn't come from myself. I didn't save myself and my works can't save anybody. I am saved by the goodness of God through the grace of God, by my faith in Christ Jesus, by his stripes, I am healed by his stripes. I am whole. I am sozoed was, am, will be hallelujah. And then the last point is in Christ Jesus, you have become a new creation and a son of God. It's in Christ you have become a new creation. Again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is where we've kind of read today, and 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 this is what really got me going uh, in this study time. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Okay. At the end of this, there we are. If any, So you're telling me after all these scriptures and all of this doctrine, you're telling me that if I am a in Christ, I'm a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you believe that? But let's be honest. How many of you have read that scripture, but you still feel like you're the old man? Because you have a memory. Just because you have a memory doesn't mean you have a past. And just because you have a desire doesn't mean you haven't been delivered. And I want to help somebody right now today, just because you have a, you're a new creation, your spirit is as clean and as pure as it ever will be the moment you get saved. But then there's the making of a saint. And that's where sanctification comes in. That's where maturity comes in. That's where you go from babes that have milk to becoming a son, to becoming an adult, to where you can handle the meat of the word of God. But I need to break condemnation off of you. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. That is your spirit, man. But your mind is still struggling with the mindsets or the lies or how you have been programmed through your family, through circumstances, through abuse, through addiction, through betrayal, through fear, through accusation. I, I deal with people all the time that are saved, but their minds were blown on drugs. What happens can God heal their mind instantly like he heals another sickness? Yes. And I've seen it happen over and over and over and over. Are there others that it's a gradual process as they begin to grow and get, and are there some that never physically ever truly seem to be back like they were before the situation or the addiction or the circumstance happened to them, but their spirit is renewed day by day. And that is where I just want to make sure that we understand that just because my body 
aches just because my body's getting older, just because my body and my mind have repressed memories. And just because I may have a desire for something or just because the thought passes my mind, the same Paul that wrote these scriptures is the same Paul that talked about the distinction and the separation between the thoughts and the intent of the heart. There's a difference between a thought and an intent. A thought is a natural process. When you begin an intent, then lust when it is conceived, an intent is the doorway to sin. But a thought is simply that has something that has to be harnessed. That's why we have the helmet of salvation. The thought life has to be harnessed to believe God's word, not what my flesh is saying, not what my past is saying, even not what someone else is saying about me or my past. But what does God and who does God say that I am? Amen. Does that make sense to anybody? So I just hope this helps someone to understand because I had several people asking me, I've been preaching on this lately, the difference between Christ and us, which is the hope of glory. Um, it's that quickening spirit. It's that quickening moment. Christ in us. And then if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So I'll just say that verse 14 of Romans 13 one more time. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Amen. Hope this made sense. Guys, I love you. Please reach out to us, um, Jonathan at oasistx.org, uh, or you can message us on Facebook. I think we're about to kick off our YouTube channel. We've been working on that and, and getting all these things will be on the YouTube channel as well and trying to keep it as accessible as possible. But I enjoy our times together. If there are subjects that in this context you would really like, I know I've taught on angels before. I've taught, I, I've been working on, I have a series I've done. I think it'd be about four sessions on demons, um, different things like that. If you would like me to do that, please let me know. I want to know kind of where you're hungry for, what you would, you know, kind of my wheelhouse and where we've been missions and all this stuff, things that you may not be able to ask somebody else, ask it. Let's see if we can get into it and just discuss the word of God. Hey, I love you guys. Hope to see you next time.